0: This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com.
1: To the 15 to the 10, Murray's gonna score. Touchdown!
0: Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report.
1: Slam to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the five, and into the end zone for the touchdown.
0: The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go.
1: One handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's
0: that feel? Here's Craig Grielou, three time Pro Bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13 year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So we
2: have gathered two of the best minds in the game one on offense. One on defense. And gentlemen, for the next hour, you are going to tell everyone how the Cardinals solve the slow start issue.
3: Who wants to go first? Uh, I'm looking for who else is in the room because I I don't necessarily see the brightest minds in the game, but uh, um,
2: I'll go. Drew's looking in the mirror, so it, it didn't bother him at all. He realized exactly who I was referring to.
3: Yes, it's tough, man. There's there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up, and and I'm telling you, these things are hard to correct uh, midstream in in, when the season's going. Um, You know, it's all week we heard to a player and to a coach, we've got to get off to a faster start. We've got to start the game better. We've got to move the ball on offense. We've got to get stops on defense in the first quarter, and it didn't happen. So I guess you're right back to where you were last week in preparation, figuring out a way. Um, to get the chains moving, eat up some clock, get some points on the board early in the game, and not play from behind. Cardinals trail 10 to
2: nothing at the end of the first quarter. Second time in three games, they've been down double digits in the first 15 minutes of the game. Cardinals lose to the Rams on Sunday, 20-12. to
4: 12. Drew, what did you see in that game in Week 3? Well, I think that um, it's not quite time to hit the panic button, as the outside world Probably wants to do or could do. Uh, they're very correctable mistakes that are being made, and it's one guy on a given play here, a different guy there. It's not just a quarterback issue. It's not just a wide receiver or tight end or offensive line or running back issue, right? It's one of these things that the route distribution isn't there. The other things, uh, you know, are just aren't adding up to winning football. Even look at the very start of the game. It's a third and two. Uh, You take a low percentage throw to the right uh, with A.J. AJ Green on Jalen Ramsey. A a decent matchup. But then you look and you see you have a great advantageous, advantageous coverage to go one to two inside out by hitting the ball with Zach Ertz and then Hollywood Brown. You don't do that, you get off the field. Okay, next series, you can't get into rhythm. It's third and eight. Justin Pugh gets beat very quickly. Kyler gets out of the pocket, tries to extend the play that's six plays and you have gone nowhere and they've already scored twice on their opening two possessions and go on and score a third. So you start looking at that. You start understanding okay, let's just stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. They do a good job of that. They get in the red zone again. Situational football is so imperative in this league and, and Wednesday you start talking about third downs. Thursdays is when you start talking about red zone and in the red zone they have not been efficient. So they've got to be able to nip that in the butt. They have a chance to get a touchdown there on second and five, throw the ball to Zach Ertz. He just doesn't quite come up with it. The margin of error is so small. If they make that play, it's 7-13, to 13, completely different mindset as you go throughout the game. The plays are there to be made. They just need to make them, and these guys will. I'm confident in that. I'm confident that these guys will take the next step in doing that. It's just a matter of showing up and actually executing.
2: It is early, still the first month of the season, though that changes this week when the Cardinals head to Carolina. But the bottom line, through these first three games, it's been the same. Falling behind early. Here's quarterback Kyler Murray.
5: I wish I had the answer right now. Um sure man it's, it's, that's not winning football um, make it tough on ourselves um, I mean you see the rest of the game is competitive but that first quarter is just you know can't get anything going it's just uh it's, it's bad it's bad football.
2: Cardinals have been outscored in the first quarter 31 to nothing. They are the only team not to score a single point in those first 15 minutes. Look at the first half of these first three games 56 to 13 is the deficit. Just one touchdown and two field goals. We know this team likes playing with the lead. That's been the case since Cliff Kingsbury arrived with Kyler Murray. They have a difficult time coming back in games last week against the Raiders, notwithstanding. Here is the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury.
6: You saw the long drives and uh, just held us to field goals on those. And then we got to be precise and and execute at a high level and take what they give you and not get tired of doing that. And um, then we can't get behind like that because when you get one-dimensional and you're chasing, like we had the first three games, uh, your menu gets cut in half and and you can't really dictate the the terms of the the game like you'd like to.
2: Four scoring drives all resulting in field goals and three of those four drew 16 or more plays. That choose up clock, it keeps the opponent... Matthew Stafford, in this case, on the sidelines. But it makes it difficult, one, when you're not
4: scoring touchdowns, and two, you have to be darn near perfect to keep the chains moving. Exactly. We've talked about it before. It's great to have those drives, but you want to end those drives with touchdowns. And When you do that, defenses have started to figure that out. They want to make Kyler earn everything he gets. They don't want to give him some big play. They try and keep a very soft zone. Uh, The Rams did a tremendous job of inserting safeties, You know, changing the post-snap picture to try and confuse Kyler and make him earn everything and then he got down there in the red zone they tightened everything up. They went from a two shell, they went to a single high zone. They did a nice job with their red zone game plan and people will continue to do that until the Cardinals figure out how they're going to do it because again, a defense will let you drive all the way down the field and I'll delegate to Kyle on this. They'll let you go all the way down the field and if they can hold you to field goals all that, that's a win for the defense every single time. If you have a team as good as they are offensively with all the skill that they have on this offense, if you hold them to four field goals, I'm sure every defense will take that week in and week out.
2: Well, you look at the total numbers, Kyle, 365 yards of offense, but 81 plays, and the scoreboard says you scored 12 points. To Drew's point, now all of a sudden that's the defense saying we'll give you all kinds of real estate, but you're not getting into the end zone.
3: Yeah, it's the it's debate. Do you take what a team gives you, which is exactly what the Cardinals did, or do you dictate what happens? Do you force some things? Do you uh, try to make put the defense on its heels and, and get the ball in your playmaker's hands down the field? And, you know, that's, that's what we're missing. And, and to Drew's point... Um you, you know we used to have a defense coordinator get up in front of the room and he, he'd love to talk statistics and um you know a lot of times a defense is measured on total defense how many yards you giving up throughout a game and he said over and over the only statistic that matters is points and it's it's you know the Rams while they didn't look dominant on defense they were giving up you know Hollywood Brown they were giving him a cushion they were playing deep at times playing soft coverage um they they executed their game plan to a T. Once they got a lead, they were not going to give up that quick strike touchdown. They're going to keep everything in front and force you to execute play after play after play. Which you know for the most part is as painful as it was to watch. The Cardinals took what what the Rams were giving them, but they just couldn't get that explosive play that would give them an opportunity to get back in the game.
4: Yeah, and every offense typically has a stat, right? You want a point for every minute of pers- of possession, right? That was one thing that we always highlight as you go over the goals of the game. Kyle was talking about defensively what you do in the goals. You want 1 point per minute that you have possession time and that will equate to a win more times than not because that lets you know if you are going on these long drives you are putting 7 points on the board, which is imperative. Again, you can do all of these things between the 20s. It's what you do when you get inside the 20 to be able to do that. And sometimes you have the ability to hit those home run shots and don't even have to get inside the red zone as well, which has not been showing up either at this point.
2: Cardinals' longest play this season was the Greg Dortch 30-yard catch, and that happened in the second quarter. Cardinals trailed at halftime 13-6, to still a very winnable ball game because the defense was getting stops and the Rams weren't playing all that great either. So there were plays to be made. They just weren't made according to the quarterback
5: there was plays there if you go back and watch the game there was plays both sides of the ball where we you know we got to make those plays um, and we didn't so you know those cost you you know take points away score points things like that when you get those opportunities we got to make those uh, got to make those plays
2: drop passes receivers not running their route fully and then the quarterback not making the correct reads and not getting out of bounds especially on that final drive there was just too much time taken off that clock at least to me when you get the ball at the three yard line with 640 to go you're down two scores and it takes you five and a half minutes to get a field goal let alone a touchdown so a lot but you see Drew when you watch it back that there are things that are little things but add up a bunch of little things now all of a
4: sudden you got a gigantic problem exactly and that's what it takes to win in this league is to nip those little things in the butt you've got to be able to do that there has to be a sense of urgency with six and a half minutes to go say hey this game's not over with yet we can go out and do it. They, they proved it last week they're capable of doing that but when you turn that film on right you see poor route distribution you see you know different things that are not conducive to what cliff is teaching to what these guys are doing to what's being taught you know that because that doesn't look like an NFL style of offense at times and yes they've dealt with injury but again it's it's one mistake here it's a, it's a physical mistake it's a mental mistake it's a technique mistake all of these things are plaguing them and it's not just one guy as we talked about it's a collective whole so there has to be a concerted effort yes the slow starts they are have been somewhat of an issue but all of that can be remedied and again each and every week you've got to go out and prove yourself they get another opportunity with a tough road battle because this Panthers defense they're feisty and they'll get after you.
2: Cardinals, again, we talked about it now for a second straight week. What do you do to overcome those slow starts? Well, Cliff Kingsbury has talked about a lot of things.
6: Yeah, we've talked through, you know, as many things as you can talk through, I think, about what we could change or, or do differently practice-wise, stretch, walkthroughs, all those things. And at some point, it just has to click for us. You know, I don't think there's any magic answers except guys showing up and being ready to go. And um not regressing back to that once we get it figured out
2: i like what you said kyle as far as dictating Kyler murray takes the field in the office says this is what we're going to do you script your first 12 to 15 plays and you stick to that strip script no matter what the defense shows you or does
3: yeah and to me one of the biggest disappointments was their inability to establish the run game Um, especially again the way the rams were playing they were given some cushion playing their safeties deep You've got to take if you're taking what they give you. The run game should have had more success. And and a lot of the issues with their, you know, first quarter problems, their first half problems, was you're you're getting behind the sticks. And it wasn't because of penalties. It was because of um, being ineffective on first down, getting in second and ten, second and eight. Um, You've got to in order. I mean, they they were fine in the second half. Uh, Moving the ball, but in the first half they just couldn't because they were in second and long and then they would get in third and long and and just couldn't get in those manageable type situations in, in the later downs.
2: 18 third downs the Cardinals faced on Sunday. They only converted six, and half of those 18
4: was third and eight or longer. That's tough. Well, four or five on fourth down, too. I mean, you go for that many times as well. It's uh it's gonna be a long day. Run eighty-one
2: plays, you should be able to have more than just twelve points on the scoreboard. Did not happen on Sunday. New opportunity coming up this Sunday in Carolina. Episode 43 of the Day Pash podcast featuring NFL on Fox lead analyst Greg Olson and good friend of Drew Stanton. Available right now to catch up on past episodes. Follow the Day Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Cash Pod. I listen to everything, Drew. I know all. I hear all. Very perceptive. There was one bright spot in Sunday's game. We'll discuss that next here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network.
1: Back to pass. Wide receiver screen to the left. Caught on the far side of the 45 at the 40. Loose is Brown at the 35. And out of bounds on the far side. They spot him out inside the 30 at the 27. That's a gate of 20. Marquise Brown, by far his best game.
5: I know he's capable of. I know what he's going to do. He's got 14 balls today. Uh, Good things happen when you get the ball, you know, the guys that make plays. um, You know, he, he made plays today. Hollywood Brown targeted 17
2: times, 17 times. Hey, that's what I was expecting week one. We had to wait until week three, but that quarterback wide receiver chemistry on the field for the first time, really the first time this season, unfortunately came in a 20-12 to defeat as the Cardinals lose yet again to the Los Angeles Rams. We welcome you back here the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seeky, your ticket to great seats. Craig Reilly, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch, and let's discuss Hollywood's career day, the 14 catches for 140 yards, just 10 yards catch but if there's something that you hope now all of a sudden you found that in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins that number one wide receiver that's what was expected week one Here it is in week three.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a work in progress, right, of how you plug somebody in the offense. You get Rondell Moore back, and then eventually you're getting DeAndre Hopkins back. That's going to be a problem for teams when you have to go against them. Whatever this record is at that, hopefully they can sustain some success offensively, start faster, put points on the board, be better in situational football. But that was definitely a bright spot, and you— see what he brings to the table, right? He was always in the right spot. You go back and watch that film when I was talking about some problems within the concept of things and space and all that. There was zero when it came to him. He played hard. He played tremendously well. And if he catches that long shot too, you're talking about over 200 yards, right? At that day, you're talking about a monster day, but he's capable of that. He's doing all of these things. And against a defense like that, you lull them to sleep. You take the underneath. You do all these things. Again, 58 attempts is, is way higher than you probably want to be um, as a passer in this league but it's a systematic approach to it and it's keeping a guy like that engaged throughout four quarters to break open a game he's capable of doing that.
2: The 17th target was the fourth and four incomplete pass that stalled the drive that the Cardinals were unable to convert but Going back to that deep shot, Kyle, if you connect on that, this game changes. And it goes back to there's a handful of plays that you can always look back. And Kyle Murray mentioned on Sunday that he threw it too early. And Hollywood had step, maybe even three steps on the defender, and that would have been an easy touchdown.
3: Yeah, that's honestly he he's a great receiver and he didn't have the drops. Um, you know, basically he showed how strong hands he had on. I think it was his first catch of the game, the only first down they had in the first four drives. Um, so he, you know that's the type of player he is. But what makes him special is that elite speed, him being able to stretch the field. Um, you know, you like to see more of those shots taken throughout the course of a game, um, so you have that threat. Um, you know, let's just hope that, that that's the only miss they have because, like you said. Um, in a game that was pretty ugly for the most part, uh, that one play could have made a huge difference and could have got the team back in the game and given them an opportunity to win. So um, you're hoping that they continue to um, it, it, you know, take what the defenses give, but at least take a couple of those shots each game because those are the type of game-changing type plays that this offense is missing at this point.
2: The Cardinals top 10 longest plays from Sunday. Six of them involved passes to Hollywood Brown in postgame. It was Hollywood speaking with Paul Calvisi.
1: If I told you before the game you ran 81 plays as an
5: offense and had four field goals, what would your reaction be? Man, I think we run that many plays, we got to score touchdowns. I mean, the field goals help put us in position, but as an offense, when we get down there, we want to we wanna put put it in the end zone. Anything change once you got near the
1: red zone? It, things bogged down? What, uh,
5: what was the challenge? Uh, just lack of execution. Uh, we got down there with ease. And then once we got down there, we kind of like stalled out. And you can't do that in this league. I mean, great, great offenses. They're going to put it in the end zone. That's what we're striving to do. Two words we heard all week, fast start. But you guys are still searching for that fast start, aren't you? Uh, definitely. Um, it's a week-by-week process. I mean, nobody... We wanted it to happen overnight, but nobody said it will. So as an offense, we just got to keep working. Memory serves, midweek you told the media, and I was standing right there, that you felt like
1: you got into a zone, quote, unquote, with Kyler in the second half of the Raiders game, right? Does that,
5: I mean that's, you guys sort of pick up where you left off there a little bit? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I felt like, you know, that Raiders game, you know, we were feeling it, and it's kind of today felt the same way. I mean, we, were on the, we was on the same page, uh, just attacking the defense, taking what they're giving us
2: key phrase to me in that post-game conversation was Hollywood saying lack of execution and we had a number of callers on Cardinal Talk discuss the play calling and I pushed back Drew and said it was more execution falling on the players not being what they're either where they're supposed to be finishing off blocks catching balls making right decisions It's easy to point the finger at the general manager, head coach, coaching staff, but there's got to be more accountability in that locker room as far as players. And I liked what Hollywood had to say, making it seem it was on us as opposed to what was coming from the sidelines.
4: Yeah, I think it's tremendous because it's accurate. It's not going to get flipped by the coaches. It's not going to get flipped by Steve Kimes. Steve Kimes' work is done for the most part, right? He'll mix and match and try to overcome injury. The roster is set in place. The the core group of guys are going to be here. So this is not a Steve Kime issue. This is not a Cliff Kingsbury issue. Like I said, schematically watching them, they're extremely sound on what they're trying to do and try to win football games. You know, sometimes you're reading your progression, you'd like to have a couple more shots in there. Yes, that's that you know, there's the adage of they're not going to cover what you don't throw. So just by simply throwing those deep shots and throwing those deep balls, that will help take a little bit of pressure off them, scoot the the secondary back so they don't feel like they can pin their ears back. But at the same time, it comes down to execution. And that situational football, that third down is imperative. The red zone is so important because the field is condensed, right? You can't take anything for granted. And usually the best teams in the red zone are the ones that can run the football year in and year out in the NFL. Making a concerted effort to really put yourself in a position on first and second down to give yourself a manageable third down. And when the opportunity comes, you have to make the plays. That on the player's point blank. That's on the players to do that. That is not a Cliff Kingsbury thing by any means.
2: You've pointed to the run game, Kyle, a couple of times, not only Sunday but here as well on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seat Geek, your ticket to great seats. And you look at the number of carries. James Conner only had 13. Eno Benjamin 5. Darrell Williams just one. But there's also been a lot of talk about okay, Kyler, you have these wonderful gifts that are called your legs, and we didn't see that until the fourth quarter. Now, Was that by design? Was that because of the opponent? But that's what separates Kyler Murray from every other quarterback in this league. Otherwise, he's just a drop-back passer. And I think the Cardinals drafted someone that was a dual threat as opposed to just stand in the pocket and throw the ball.
3: Yeah, I think that's also part of the offense um, dictating the pace of the game. Um, I'm telling you, as a defensive player... Um, Defensive coordinators around the league, they had nightmares watching that Las Vegas Raiders at the end of the game. They're saying, how do we stop this guy? How do we contain this guy? Because you can do everything perfect. You can get a pass rush. You can have the perfect coverage dialed up. And he can still make the difference with his legs. And I think, uh, I mean, I've heard the stat thrown around this week, but I don't think the Cardinals have won a game with Kyler Murray at quarterback when he rushes the ball less than five times. And so I think you do, you know, you have to be smart about it. Look, he's your franchise quarterback. You cannot put him at risk, but it keeps defenses guessing and off balance and and making adjustments they wouldn't normally make when he's running the ball early in the game and when he's chewing up yardage. I mean, and and not just scrambling, not just buying time for his receivers to get open, Um, we've seen time after time – When he runs the ball, not scrambles. When he runs the ball, he chews up yardage in a hurry. And he is smart enough to get down, to slide, to step out of bounds. And even if it's not, you know, a 20 yard run, if it's a three, four yard run and he steps out of bounds. The defense is going to have to adjust. They're saying, "Look, there—he's going to run the ball. We—we we don't have enough defenders to also um, tackle the quarterback when he keeps it, or when they make this, when they have a running back blocking for him." So, I think it'll be a big part going forward. Is just early in the game showing defenses, "Look, yes." This guy is going to run the ball and he's he's gonna get yardage and so you're gonna to have to account for that throughout the course of a game.
2: It doesn't need to be seven, eight, nine, ten carries, but the threat of the run, especially early in the game to establish that hey I can at any moment take off and all of a sudden get a couple of yards so now you've got the defense on their toes and I don't think that happened through the first three quarters of the game
4: yeah it didn't I don't think Lamar Jackson liked the fact that you said that he's the only one in the league that can run like that though <laughs> only yeah, one in Lam- the NFC <laughs> there we go I knew you had some kind of answer for that yeah I mean look That Maybe there is something that you take an honest look. Everything is on the table right now for this team. They've got to try and figure out what they can do, what they're successful at. Again, I think it's the number of attempts by James Conner, by Eno Benjamin, by Darrell Williams, because look at that. We talked about 30 is the magic number most of the time you're going to get bogged down. You're going to be able to do that. You lean on these guys. You try and push forward. We talked about how you can negate what Aaron Donald does so well. It's by sticking with that run game because most run games are really prevalent in the third and fourth quarter when you lean on that offensive line and all of a sudden they break some big one. I mean, that's what uh, the rushing average goes through the roof because, again, 3.3, that's a decent run average. And if you get some long chunk run like we saw the week before in Vegas by Darrell Williams, then it becomes Oh, wow, we're over 100 yards. We're doing this. You feel better about it. I personally don't think having design runs for Kyler Murray is the answer within this offense. And maybe they're even saving it for the red zone because it becomes more dynamic in the red zone, right? That zone read. But people are so good at defending it now because once the copycat league that is the defense they figure it out, all of a sudden they're scraping back as you're doing these things, and you don't want a Trey Lance type of situation. You don't want to lose him to a third down and meaningless short. Like Even seeing the speed option where he's trying to capture the outside shoulder of the defensive end, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, no, do not do that. Right? I want to see him get his five rushes, and I think that's great. He is too good of a passer and he can do a lot of different things, and you have different dynamic guys that it will come, but I would not search that avenue.
2: It's a great debate uh, because you're looking for something, and is that the spark? He shouldn't need to run in order to get this offense in gear, but when it bogged down, bogs down, you got to figure out some way to get it going. Of course, it would also help if the receivers, whether that's a running back, wide receiver, or tight end, is ready for the football. A lot of drops in Sunday. Kyler Murray addressed that postgame.
5: you got to be awake playing with me. Like I, I mean, it's... Um... No matter what the play is, uh, you know, I, I got free reign to do whatever, get into whatever. Um, so it, it, when you sleep and um, you don't think you're getting the ball, it's, you know, we can't play like that. We, we Everybody's got to, you know, everybody's got to be lit up, you know, in the game, uh, locked in. And we just got to be better and we will be. But again, it's frustrating when you lose, when you feel like you could, you know, could play better, could be in the game.
2: I believe the number was five. Five drops in the first half, and it's across the board. It's veterans. It's young players. It's the little things, Drew, that you go back to. One Eliminate one of those drops, two of those drops, and all of a sudden, maybe you get that first down, and now you're playing with some momentum. That rhythm in the offense that Cliff keeps talking about is there. But a drop ball, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, now what do we do?
4: Yeah, I mean, it is a game of momentum. And we talked about it before, and we paired these two thoughts together, right? If they get a touchdown by Zachert, it's there at 7-13. to They get that home run shot to Hollywood Brown, and now that game's a different dynamic. So they're there. They're, they're right on the cusp of being able to do it. And from a quarterback's perspective, though, why you saw 17 targets start going to Hollywood Brown— He's got trust in him. There's some guys right now that when he's talking about that comment that he doesn't fully trust because he doesn't A, know where they're going to be or that if they are quote-unquote asleep, then you've got to be awake to be reliable. Uh, There's also part of that's on the quarterback of saying, okay – I need to be have my eyes and my feet in the right place to make the throws, to get the ball out, to do all of these things, knowing there's a good pass rush coming across from you. And you have to be so sound in knowing, okay, this is where the ball is going to go. Go through your read, your progression, get the ball out. And don't just freestyle and throw up a 50-50 ball that means nothing on a very imperative third down or red zone possession.
2: Outside of Hollywood Brown, 17 targets. Greg Dortch, 10 with nine catches. Zach Ertz, 10 with seven catches. And there is clearly... A trust between Kyler and Greg Dortch early on this season. Dortch getting those reps because Rondell Moore remains on the sidelines. There's potential. There is a chance he is available this week. If not this week, then according to the head coach, definitely in week five when the Philadelphia Eagles visit. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Talking about the Cardinals' loss on Sunday to the Los Angeles Rams, 20-12. When we come back, the defense. There were plays made, and there were plays missed. Some big plays as well. Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandebosch. We do it every Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: Great drop, facing pressure, gets hit. Now side arms it over the middle, complete for first down at the 35-yard line to Cough. How about Stafford getting away from a sack? Zaven Collins couldn't make the play.
6: Oh, Zaven Collins had him dead in the rights right there, and Stafford just circled out of it. We missed that sack. I think it would have been four or three and outs in a row, and that would have been a big turning point. Pat Stafford, he spun out made a great play there, but um, gave up some some big plays you, you'd want to eliminate. But if you can hold a, a team like that to 20 points, you, you got to feel good about your chances to, to win.
2: A third and 11 converted near sack by Zavin Collins. And as you heard, head coach Cliff Kingsbury say, yeah, it would have been another three and out. Instead, the Rams go eight plays, 75 yards. Cam Akers with a 14-yard touchdown run with the Rams in front 20-9 to and they would go on to win 20-12 as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seek Your Ticket to Great Seats Craig Reilly, Drew Stanton, and Kyle put putting the spotlight here, Kyle, on the defense and yeah, you hold the Rams to 20 points but a handful of plays again, that near sack certainly was the turning point in that game because all of a sudden you gave a fresh set of downs, new life to Matthew Stafford and company
3: yeah, it was a problem for a lot of reasons. Uh, one was they were able to put together a nice drive, get a touchdown, and eat up more clock when you're trying to get back in the game. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, it's a microcosm of how this game went. Missed opportunities, missed plays. Um, you know, you'd love to see Zayvon Collins as a, as a free rusher, um, an opportunity to sack the quarterback, make that play. Um, it happens. It, you know, Zayvon Collins is playing his way into becoming a better player. The more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. Um, he just, it, he's going to get there, but it's it's unfortunate because you're still seeing instances of him, um, you know, not being in the right gap, not playing with good technique, not using his hands on blockers, uh, perhaps having his eyes in the wrong place. It seems to be getting better and better and the experience is going to help him. Look, um, He's what you've got, you're going to need him and the, and the only way for him to continue to make progress and become the player that we all expect him to become is is to be in these types of games. so, Um, But it's it's just unfortunate that um, he missed that because that would have been a huge play and a a big opportunity for this team.
2: The other big play as far as the defense came back in the first quarter, Drew, and you look at the Cooper Cup jet sweep, the 20-yard run, in which completely surprised all 11 defenders. And I'll raise my hand as well because that was well executed. The timing between the handoff was unbelievable because by the time most of the Cardinal defenders realize where Cut was, he was at the five-yard line scoring a touchdown.
4: Yeah, I mean, again, we know that there is great scheme within that Los Angeles Rams organization and what Sean McVay brings to the table. There's so many tendency breakers, everything that they do. You know, it's remarkable. And they're trying to find ways to get the ball in Cooper Cup's hands any way possible right he is such a dynamic player that they're doing everything and most defensive game plans are there to try and stop him so you lull him into sleep you you put him on a jet sweep thinking that's just going in motion and all of a sudden he's got the ball and he's around the corner and they've captured the edge that's the the problem with going against an offense like that that they can score from anywhere on the field and they are scheming things up of of having cover two beaters in there right most teams that make you earn it are going to sit in some kind of middle of field open whether it's cover four cover two some kind of variation of that and that's what this defense does Vance Joseph's defense is built that way to try and do that But when you can get outside and you can get that edge, it's a wrap like we saw. Cup though, was limited,
2: held to just four catches for 44 yards. Outside of that jet sweep, he was really quiet the entire game. So there were bright spots on that defense. And when we talk about Zayvon Collins, that drive... That Cam Akers scored. not only did he miss the sack, but he also hurt his shoulder on that drive. According to the head coach, Collins should be okay for this week, which is good because it brings up the topic of inside linebackers. Davin Collins played much of that game isaiah simmons played more percentage snaps than he did the week earlier but just 16 snaps on the field and we're left once again kyle questioning what are you doing with the first round draft pick who in the training camp was called the star backer and was going to wear the green dot call the defense this year
3: yeah and it's difficult to figure out what the issue is um he is one of the best athletes on the field. Um, he has a propensity to for making big plays, big plays that help you win games. Um, he's got a nose for the ball, he hits hard, tackles. Um, so it's difficult to understand what exactly is going on because everything you heard coming um, from the coaches was he was challenged, um, he responded before the Las Vegas game, had his best week of practice, didn't get many reps in the game, and then the the following week, the same thing is he's really dialed in. He's practicing better than he's ever practiced, and you know you get 15 snaps again. Um, you know I don't know if it's more on Isaiah Simmons or more on the coaches. Um, you, you know when you have a, a player with his type of ability, um, you've got to get the most out of it, and you've got to get him on the field because um, you know through three games, you know, at times this defense has looked okay, um, has given this offense a chance to get back in games, but you're not seeing um, a lot of playmakers right now. And that's what Isaiah Simmons is for the most part. Um, He's a playmaker. And so you're left to just assume that it's his consistency uh, of being in the right place, doing the right thing, playing the right technique, play in and play out. And, um, you know, you've also got to wonder if he had a little bit too much on his plate to start the season, and and they're pairing it back now and trying to build it back up to where um, they can get him on the field more.
2: Again, 16 snaps for Simmons. Here's Cliff Kingsbury on how Simmons played during those 16 snaps.
6: I thought he had another good outing. Yeah, he's continuing to get more and more and uh, improving in that role. So that's two two weeks in a row that that played at a really high level, and and I expect him to, to continue that trend.
2: Going into this week's game in Carolina on the defensive side, Rashard Lawrence, who has played very well and was not on the field during that last scoring drive of the Rams in which Cam Akers ran it four straight times. Lawrence hurt his hand on that drive, had surgery, will not play this week. Not sure exactly his status moving forward past this week, but speaking of this week, head coach Cliff Kingsbury looking forward to another opportunity. And again, getting back to 500. I'm on to
6: Carolina. I know what we've been through um, to this point and, and where it can go, and if we can get a two and two. Uh, In the first month, um, despite everything we've had going on, I think it it put us in a good spot. And um, we want to get better in a hurry. And Carolina's had our number. It's going to be a tough game. We understand that. But um, that's our focus is just continuing to improve. And like I said, trying to uh, play a game where we're not chasing the entire time.
2: A little bit more on the Panthers in our next segment here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But you can only look... One game ahead if you're the head coach, and I liked the little bit of a uh, Bill Belichick in him there, saying I'm on to Carolina as opposed to on him on to Cincinnati. But you can't look back. You you just now you got these next couple of days to get ready and figure out. All right, first three weeks turn the books. Now it's this week.
4: Yeah, I mean it's a week to week business, right? And their mantra last year was one and zero. That's how they got to the record they had and were ascending so quickly, as that was what they were doing. Uh, they were also making plays on defense, and Kyle talked about that. There's not been any splash plays um, or you know turning points in the game where they really just took over. And, again, it, there's complementary football, there's situational football, there's all of these things defensively that you want to see and understanding what you need to do. And it's hard, right? Everybody's searching for answers. It's not for lack of want to. But at the same time, the leadership, the men in that locker room, the men on that side of the ball – have to say enough's enough. I mean, Isaiah Simmons only play 16 snaps and get out snapped by Ben Neiman is not something that's going to be a recipe and last week we were sitting here question to say well was this just a message being sent to isaiah well no it's clearly a work in progress at this point which is very concerning considering where we're at at this point in the season with where he was drafted and the athleticism here i mean find a way to get the guy on the field and have him be a difference maker and that that falls into coaching but at the same time you've got to find the marriage and the balance of it because moving forward you need guys like that to be out there
2: there there's no questioning the talents of an Isaiah Simmons, but something is keeping him off the field. He's one of your best 11, but I think there's more of a trust issue if the coaches are
4: believe that we
2: got someone else that can get those snaps as opposed to your first-round
4: draft pick. There's no question there's something going on, and we don't uh, have the privilege of knowing what it is, but whatever it is, they've got to try to find a way to overcome it.
2: Better happen in a hurry. Cardinals on the road this week, and then in week five, they'll host the Philadelphia Eagles. Interested in that game or the remaining home games? Single-game tickets are available right now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. When we come back, as promised, the Carolina Panthers in the spotlights, and once again, we get Kyler versus Baker, part three. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
1: and the Arizona Cardinals will play for the National Football Conference Championship next week. Cardinal fans, do you believe this football team an incredible performance in Charlotte. They throttle the Panthers 33 to 13. The Arizona <laughs> Cardinals will play for the right to go to the Super Bowl.
2: And they would go to the Super Bowl. Host the Philadelphia Eagles the following week. We flash back to 2008. And, gentlemen, that is also the last time the Arizona Cardinals won in Carolina. But that was the postseason. They have not won a regular season game in Carolina since 2002. For whatever reason, Drew, this Panthers team has the Cardinals number
4: regardless of location. Head coach or quarterback? Oh, I know. I still remember that NFC Championship game. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, Kyle, your thoughts on the Carolina
6: Panthers? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it, you know the the thing with this defense uh, is, in spite of um, everything, you know they haven't really even played the run game well this year, and this is the first premier, um, you know, game changing type running back you're looking at a Christian McCaffrey. Um, that struggled with injuries the last couple years, but um, for the first time since 2019, it's coming off of back-to-back 100-yard rushing games, so um, it, you know, I, to me the key to this game is is twofold. one, um, we've got to be better in the run game, we've got to be consistent we cannot let him get going because he will kill you, um, and then we've just got to find a way to generate more pressure on the quarterback, I mean we're coming off of Back-to-back weeks where the conversation before the game was, we've got a compromised offensive line, an offensive line that's struggling. We have an opportunity to get some sacks, get some pressure, and um, in spite of um, you know ha- having the highest blitz percentage in the NFL, we've got two sacks through three games. So um, you know they've got the the Cardinals have got to get some wins up front, have the ability to. Um, not only get pressures but get sacks with just a four-man rush um, and that will change a lot of how this the games are going for the defense.
2: With McCaffrey not only the running but he has a team-best 10 catches. He's been targeted 14 times so if you're a defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and that is the number one offensive weapon that Baker Mayfield has Kyle, what do you do to slow down a McCaffrey? You're not going to stop him but you've done a good job the past two weeks on Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. Now it's a running back versus a wide receiver, but you've taken away the number one option each of the past two weeks.
3: Yeah, you know, to me, this is is where you need Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he is the type of athlete that can... Um, shadow a guy like Christian McCaffrey because like you talked about um, he might line up at wide receiver, he might catch screen passes, he might run a wheel route. Um, he can change the game not just running the football but with receiving and catching the ball out of the backfield so um, you need somebody that can not only um, tackle him in the open field but somebody that can cover him wherever he's going to go in, in the variety of routes that he might run either in the backfield or split out.
2: We mentioned Baker Mayfield. Three touchdowns, one interception. The Panthers one and two. They beat the Saints at home last week to end a nine-game losing streak. Drill, get your thoughts on Baker here in a moment. But first, Greg Olson, this week's guest on the Dave Pash podcast, Broke Down Baker Mayfield.
6: You know, I just think with the weapons that he has, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and you know, Robbie Anderson and you know, they got some they have some weapons offensively. They've improved their offensive line. I mean now it's up to the quarterback, it's up to Baker to run the show. And and he hasn't played great this year. I think he's played better as the year's gone on, but we know he can be special. We know he can make the splash flash play. Can he just make the easy play? He can ma- find that balance between playmaker and just game manager then I think that's the recipe that I think they're looking for.
2: Baker Mayfield postgame Sunday, Drew, said this to reporters. Quote, I know there's going to be bumps in the road, but I expect to be a whole lot better than I have been so far. End quotes. It's Remember that he didn't get there until late in the offseason. It was a late- off-season trade, but they have their quarterback now. It's just a matter of trying to get everyone on the same page.
4: Yeah, I mean, he got there the first day of training camp. Uh, ben McAdoo's new offensive coordinator. They're trying to get it figured out. Uh everything goes through Christian McCaffrey uh, knowing Baker as well as I do like you look at him he is getting more and more comfortable he's understanding you know who's at his disposal Uh, you've got to have a great relationship between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator because there's going to be bumps in the rows there's going to be ebbs and flows but they're still in the honeymoon phase they're figuring each other out they're going to be okay Baker's done a nice job of not turning the ball over can they force him into bad decisions and actually get their hands on footballs this week that's going to be a big thing because Kyler's also done a really good job of that right he's not necessarily put the ball in harm's way has not done that he's been very strategic on all those things so something might give these are two teams that neither one of them have started fast in the first half of games is there something that's going to give there so these these are two very similar teams that are sitting at one and two that desperately want to be two and two and not one and three and, and i think that we'll see both of these team really trying to duke it out to come away with a win
2: well before last week the panthers like the cardinals had not scored a point in in the first quarter, the Panthers did score in the first quarter against the Saints. And again, two teams that come in with one and two records. But when we talk about Baker Mayfield, it brings us back to Kyler Murray, the former Oklahoma teammates meeting for the third time. The first time came back in 2019.
5: <laughs> you, good? you good, bro? Yeah, give me that. Hey, you're gonna have no, to you're do not it. Gotta, it. No, you're gonna have to do it. You gotta eat this one. I still hate you. It's all good. I got bragging rights, bro.
2: The jersey swap at midfield, and of course, Kyler won the second meeting, and now there's a third meeting. And any insights on what your good friend Baker's has in store and hoping that he doesn't have to go 0-3 against Kyler Murray?
4: Uh, I hate Jersey swaps if we could t- I mean we could have a whole discussion on that I mean I think like one of you should be mad as it sounds like Baker's there in defeat and the other one's rubbing it in like obviously they know each other they've been teammates uh, it- it's going to it's always tough to go east Coast again I think sometimes we put too much into the fact that oh this is what history says this is going to happen this is these are two desperate football teams and when you're desperate and you're hungry a lot can happen so uh, it- it's going to be a hard-fought battle against a good defense Kyler's got to be dialed in nobody can be a on offense.
2: Really quick, Kyle. The Cardinals do play better on the road for whatever reason, so there's another road opportunity here.
3: Yeah, they played really well on the road, and Carolina's been horrible at home um, for a while now. So, um, you know, I guess that's that's one factor the Cardinals have going into this one.
2: We'll see. 105 is the kickoff, 8 30 a.m. pregame coverage begins, and of course we'll be right back here in one week's time talking about it here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Bamahondro, technical director Zach Larson, for Drew Stanton, Kyle Vanderbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. We do it each and every Tuesday year-round at 11 a.m. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals radio network.